It is time to tune up the band and get... You know what? It'd be easy for me to do it. It'd be so easy for me to make a reference to that certain incident during the Attitude Era, but I'm not going to, because I'm a bigger man. I am a better man than to make a, a joke like that. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reardon, as we as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Guys, how you doing? You're a coward. <laughs> You're weak. Listen, I'm just gonna weak. give I'm just gonna give myself a pat on the back. I'm the bigger man, and uh, you know I'm gonna give you guys a hand as fuck it. There it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Get down in the mud with us. Shit. That's what peer pressure does, kids. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh fuck it. There we go. Give birth to a seven hand. There you go. There we go. Feels good, doesn't it? No, Feels I, freeing. I feel look, I felt dirty watching the thing whereas it was live. I feel dirty now thinking about it. I look, it's been a while, guys. We've been away for a couple of weeks. How have you guys been? Oh, I'm 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 alive. God, I don't even know. <laughs> two weeks. Two whole weeks. Yeah. It's poor, I know. We've been doing all this like super busy stuff. I've been traveling around. <clears throat> You've been mixing Sam's it up. Sam's been working like hell. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Literally. I'm sure Raiden's been absolutely as busy as ever. Yep. 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 Mm -hmm. So it's amazing how we've managed to come out, come back here in two weeks uh, and still are, are alive. <laughs> But we haven't been gone for too long because, of course, we had our two-parter of WrestleMania 17. And if you didn't yeah. see online, uh, well, I'm, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't see because bloody Twitter, bloody censoring, age-restricting the damn thing. But we did release a video, an MV on Jonathan Gresham, which was awesome. And a lot of uh, the people who did see it did really like it. So I appreciate that. Thank you ever so much, yeah. guys, who liked that and watched it. Maybe one day we'll find a place to put it that won't immediately, like, copyright strike or age-restrict it. <laughs> DMCA, man. The MCA will always and get you. The Sony, Sony Music Entertainment. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Remind me never to use Wu Tang Clang ever again. <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll, we'll, have, we'll be able to keep it up for like seven months. <laughs> that is true. Oh, gosh. Anyway, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. You know, guys, we are young and we are pending because we are always pending and always will be. May Even when we're old. May you never make that pun about May Young ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so yes before we get in to our episode all about may young which i'm really really looking forward to this because she has such an eclectic life in the world of wrestling it is time for this week's much much missed much belied and belated wrestling news dun, 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 dun. down wrestling news Okay, right. We're like two weeks after the fact. We know. <laughs> first, WrestleMania. <laughs> okay, so WrestleMania 38. 
Look, I know a lot of people really liked it. I, it was a good WrestleMania. By God, it's it's one of the it's one of the best WrestleManias they've had in a very, very, very long time. But it, it's I I I I'm very much of the of the um, ilk of people that it's like it's not as good as people are making it out to be. If you know what I mean. I mean, it's good. <laughs> it was really good, really good, but not like truly great. If you know, and maybe it's just me. This is me just <clears throat> hyperbole, like speaking hyperbole. But well, because this can... is the thing, right? And it, it the perspective I have it, like even them, you know, watching it with friends. I know what like we're, we're all like as people, and like our views towards WWE. <laughs> but like, I was watching it, <laughs> and genuinely, my opinion was. It's fine. <laughs> mm. There's nothing. There's nothing like horrendously bad, except for like certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's made me be like, you know. And there were moments that made me like, oh man, that was actually like really cool. But like nothing that really left much of a overly lasting impression on me. Mm. It's strange to think when I think about the like a couple of weeks ago. Yet again. WrestleMania week was much better than the event itself. And that's become a very common occurrence, I feel, uh, the past few years. Because it's like, as most people say, it's the Edinburgh fringe of pro wrestling is what WrestleMania week has become. And you'll always find something that you, that it caters to your taste. And me being me, who loves every single form of pro wrestling, I will always consume most of what I can find and most of what I can watch in that one week. And again, great bloody week of wrestling that happened. <laughs> I mean, we had, of course, we had, you know, GCW pumping out their amazing events as always. We had so many bloody, like, we had Supercard of Honor, which was really good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Also, shout-outs to Wheelie Utah being the pure champion. And shout-outs to Samoa oh, yeah. Joe coming to back, back to ROH. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, give you know, me the prodigal son has returned. Give me, give Sam, me. What you, Sam, what are you talking about? Do you mean Tony Khan's putting belts on his AEW guys? <laughs> no, all right, all right, fair, all right, fair enough. But I feel even for me, I'm... <laughs> no, it was, it was it's the true. one tweet where he said, "Oh, Tony Khan's putting the ROH belts on AEW guys like Samoa Joe." Yeah. <laughs> oh, incredible! incredible. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then it's you know what it, it did make me realize with that, like it makes me wonder, like the roster that they ROH did have, like if it were me, personally, I would be doing everything in my power to try and keep those guys in Ring of Honor because I always like here's a, like with the, with the Josh Woods Wheeler Utah match, and when Utah won, a didn't mind it because gosh, I love Wheeler Utah, but I'd be of the ilk of Josh Woods isn't. He's a really good wrestler. I'd be doing everything in my power to try and keep him. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to a whole discussion about how that whole ROH thing is expected to operate. I believe the intention is for it to be like a subsidiary Mm. kind of thing. I know a lot of people have been drawing the comparison between like, you know, uh, minor league baseball or like how NXT kind of worked. Mm. 
I don't really know what that exactly is. I know they mentioned about it being like a developmental space for younger talent in AEW. Yeah. I mean, um, as long, the one thing I've always like, said is uh, if it retains the same um, air, air of, of classic and, you know, of what Ring of Honor is all about, I wouldn't mind as such if it became to be kind of like a, a developmental uh, subsidiary of AEW. If, it, if Ring of Honor is still Ring of Honor, that's the most important thing. Well, that, that was basically what I was going to say about it. Is as long as it kind of keeps that spirit, and mm. I feel like everything with that's fine. And I think as long as there's open, honest, and what I'm going to term equal interaction between the AEW and the ROH sides, because like mm. I don't, if you're at the point where you're just like putting straight disrespect onto ROH, then you've got yeah. to. I mean, guys like Lee Moriarty um, and Wheelie Utah being in there, I don't find it all that out of place you know no, I, think if, if, like, mm. I think i think they serve <clears throat> you know garcia Utah, moriarty fill the space that back in like 2003 guys like david richards had yes like i feel like they can uphold that kind of space absolutely you know and just let it be its own thing running alongside Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, naturally, they'll have Gresham there as well. Which still, like, is like, that gets me really excited that now we are so, so close to having a match that we've all wanted for the longest time. Gresh versus Brian. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, like, you know, you've got, you've got the possibility of that there. I'm assuming that the ties with New Japan are largely solidified. And then also worth talking about ROH's women's division often having excursions from women from stardom. Mm-hmm. AEW already has ties with TJPW. It's not too uh, so bad. You can, so <laughs> you, can, you can see where I'm going with this. Maybe Thunder Rosa versus someone like, I don't know, Per se, of Mayu Watani. Yes, yes. You know, I'm just saying. I'm, 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 I'm just thinking. You know, I'm putting ideas out there. Hey, maybe. now that you've said that, of course, now, of course, AEW, of course, having now ties as well to DDT Pro. I am See? just going to throw it out there. Jonathan Gresham versus Konosuke Takeshita would be an absolute barnstormer. See? You see what I'm saying? And I'm telling you this now, Tony. You're a fucking coward if you don't put Eddie Kingston versus Junakiyama on double. Oh, yeah, no. If you don't do that, you're a punk. You are an absolute <laughs> coward. Yeah, a guys, punk. relax. Relax, guy. <laughs> Jesus. Nah but, nah, but it's true, though. It's true. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, um, all that said, though, great blooming, blooming WrestleMania week. Really yeah. good, strong WrestleMania <clears throat> week for, for all the companies that were involved in that. And Man, if I ever get the chance to do it, I think the thing I'd be most excited about going to a WrestleMania would be all the shit that is happening around WrestleMania. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, my, my feelings on WrestleMania is I, I'm in the same boat as everyone. I'm just shocked that I liked it. I was, I was, I was like, you guys will know. I was like, this is gonna suck. Let's yeah, just let's just get this over with. And it did not, in fact, suck. I can't lot, believe it. I feel like it a lot is, of that was inspired of it. <laughs> it is. It is the thing we said, which is 
WWE has become very good at pulling a great show out of like absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. And absolutely. obviously, we went into this like two weeks beforehand, being like, I don't even know if we know what the actual card is. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'm, I'm going to make. Yeah, I'm just going to make my thoughts quick so we can get on to the main event. So, yeah, like, I'm the match of, match of, the match of WrestleMania was was Becky Lynch versus Belair. Thank versus, you. It absolutely it, was. It, it, it was incredible. Loved that match. Outstanding yeah. match. Just Stone Cold Steve Austin returned, and that was actually that good. Was it's a, Austin, it's a, Austin returning and bumping on the stage for Kevin Owens. I I was I was I was a little upset. I'm like, don't do that, Stone Cold. Don't do that, please. See, here's the thing: is that when that match happened, obviously, like everyone was like so excited, like, oh my god, Stone Cold wrestling again, and I was really excited about that. But also, there was like this thing in the back of my head that was just like, this feels like exploitation to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know where this is coming from, but something is telling me it. Yeah, like like this shouldn't happen, but it did happen. And it was actually good. Shocking. Don't know yeah. how it happened. Um, Samoa Joe is Samoa Joe is back, so I'm happy. I'm just I'm just like Hell I'm grinning, yeah. grinning into yes. grinning ear to ear about it. And also, uh, whoever did the uh, who who did the entrance theme? Who did the entrance theme? I think it's uh, Mikey Ruckus, the the composer yeah. for AEW, did that. Uh, yeah, Mike. You, I owe you a pint. I owe you a pint, Mikey. It's the closest to Simon Says by Pharaoh Monch that he could get away with actually being Simon Says, you know? Well, I was going to say, though, because half of it sounds like it was sampled from Mama Said Not Yet, and half of it sounds like the Godzilla soundtrack. So, Mm. like... I, mean, I feel like that's the perfect intersection. At least yes. it wasn't that weird, that weird, like, breakdancing one that he got in NXT. <laughs> Yeah. I love how Although, we started it off with just like the hottest intro and then just went, okay, and now 80s breakdowns. <laughs> yeah, it's weird as hell. But no, um, I will miss I will miss Destroyer, however. Yes. Because yes. I will miss it. But it has a very good successor. So I just, I want to see. With I, as, as always, I want to see Joe fight people. As yes. Always. Yes. Correct. Which is why I feel like last week, or yeah, this week's Dynamite, I should say, or last week's, uh, given this will be on Monday, was fantastic. Joe versus Suzuki was everything we ever wanted. I love how just so much of that match was just, I want you to chop this shit out of me. <laughs> like, I'm a simple man to please. <laughs> okay, so guys, we are skirting around the issue. We're skirting around the thing that WrestleMania was all about. And so I want to say it now. Holy shit, Logan Paul was actually good. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't the one. No. <laughs> hey, 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 I, it was like regret. It was for me, it was like regrettably Logan Paul was very good at his job. Is this I... you're there and you're like this person? I. It's that thing of like um, the, the image reply where it's like uh, breaking news person you hate made a valid point. It really is that. Yes. I was like, I was like, oh, 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 no, I've switched to actually hating to just like legit heel heat. I hate this so much, but I was okay. like, he's actually, he's actually somewhat good, and that's the part that hurts. <laughs> yeah, like he's somewhat good, and he didn't do like, and he didn't do like, he didn't bite off more than he could chew. 
He did yeah. actual stuff that he could do, and he did it very well. And I hate that I had to say it with all of my heart and soul. Props to Rey Mysterio for giving Logan Paul uh, oh, yeah, not for not sandbagging or for not sandbagging Logan Paul. He really did give him the time and space to do what he wanted to do. And, and I mean, and again, Rey's awesome, man. Oh yeah, Rey's just. Really I mean, we awesome. all know that. Anyway, oh, yeah. right. The real thing, <laughs> the mo the worst kept secret in professional wrestling. Cody Rhodes returned after six years away from the uh, from the, uh, to WWE to a rapturous applause and to some of the worst of that augmented reality stuff I've ever seen in WWE. Oh <laughs> my okay, god! Okay, so let me talk about the AI. All right, I know we're talking about Cody Rhodes, right? That <laughs> AR stuff, the Bianca Belair AR thing, will live in my nightmares. <laughs> that, that, yeah. was, that was an eldritch being summoned by the power of Kevin Dunn. That is beyond, yeah. that, that is Kevin Dunn summoning Cthulhu. Is what that is. Like, it's respectfully, whatever full sale intern created that graphic, they deserve jail time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hated it. Yeah. And to yeah. be fair, as we as I kept saying, get rid of the AR stuff. It's just bad. I it, don't need the giant bronze Roman doing the ooh outside I hate of the that. Outside I... the NCT stadium, which led to me constantly just saying, um, AR Roman has breached containment. <laughs> I hate it so much, especially in WrestleMania, where it blocks the great setup of yes! WrestleMania with this terrible. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Um, yeah. Cody, Cody Rhodes is a return. Um, no. I mean, look, right? It's, it's, it's like it's Cody Rhodes has returned and he has. God. Like Cody Rhodes has returned and has gotten everything he wants, apparently. Because <laughs> like it basically, it basically comes down to a collection of seemingly the creative direction of AEW wasn't going the direction he wanted, which was more in kind of line with like WWE or WCW. Mm. He apparently part of it was also that he didn't want to turn heel, <laughs> and that also part and that also. Part of it was like to try and redeem his legacy or something. Like I I, look, we've said it once before. We'll say it again. He really is the homelander of professional wrestling. He is. He is. <laughs> if, 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 if that is most of the reason behind why he moved, God, the self awareness is like I legit. I want to see a cosplayer trying to do homelander, but in the style of Cody Rhodes. I'm like, look, right. <laughs> I mean, I will say this: his match against Seth Rollins, not pretty good. Pretty I good. actually, it's actually like my second or third favorite. I really like, like that match. Like, pre pretty good match, right? As I yeah. said, as I said, as I said online as well, good match. God damn, did that go on too long? <laughs> yes, it, it it did go on too long. I felt it. Um, it wasn't the longest match on both nights, but it no, felt like the, the longest lo match on both. Nights. The longest match was Edge versus AJ. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Um, that. But like, look, right? I get it. He's done it. Fine. Hey, you know what? Fair play to him. He's he. Yeah, he's, I'm like, you know what? If if you're taking a bet on yourself and that on that way, sure, man. The fact he got it. to keep, he got to keep. Everything that he built in the well, past six years is 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 the say, biggest surprise. This is, this, is, yeah. this is this is a thing that was brought up because apparently people, apparently some of the higher ups in WWE had to fight to keep that. 
Interesting. That that like he wasn't gonna have it, and then uh, there were people up in like higher management saying, "No, we should keep his presentation as close to what he's had in like AEW." Because I feel like if you weren't gonna do that and go back to smoke and mirrors, kind of defeats the purpose of bringing him in in the first place. Well, this this is the this is the thing, right? Because I know I know I mean I have a feeling I understand the mindset behind this as well which is obviously which is obviously look we've got the ev uh, we've got one of the former evps of aew yeah Mm. you know we have got cody Rhodes as he is now and i really think if you're bringing him in and not using that as a point then you're really missing the point of bringing him in (laughs) yeah yeah so you know i don't know i don't know how people exactly fully see that but you know, I feel like if you're going to go to the effort of bringing him in, just go whole, whole hog. Pay for everything. Yep. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's an interesting one. And I wait to see what they do with Cody once, of course, everything now starts to simmer down where Cody will be. I hope. For, for, I mean, again, for, for everything's sake, you know, I don't... I, look, I, a lot of people had a really weird and bad reaction to Cody jumping from AEW back to WWE. Guys, wrestling's wrestling. The guys will jump to the money where the yeah. most money is and they'll take bets on themselves oh, and do all this stuff. It's business for those guys. It t- doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm just... It wasn't a matter of betrayal or anything that I fucked that. It's just a matter of... But why, though? You built a whole ass company yeah. to escape this. That's what that's what confused me. That's agreed. That the only thing I'm really confused about is that you built this. You've got this whole empire that you built up for six years. It's confusing. It still it's like this. That it's that really confusing thing. As I'm seeing, I'm seeing AEW's Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw, and that thing that it take it's gonna take a little bit of getting used to for that. Mm. Yeah. more so than ever, I mean, like usually. I, I, I think the main thing is going to be how things go from here because as I've heard you know WWE is set on like Roman hitting the thousand days Roman making it as champion all the way through to the next mania yeah or you could face the rock yes which is obviously a, which is obviously a whole thing in itself, and as I understand, the USA Network is still pissed off at WWE <laughs> because you know they don't have their own true champion, <laughs> and and like we had on the the Mania, the the Raw after Mania, Roman went, "Hey, tune into SmackDown on Fox oh, to hear what I have to say." Oh God, it. He has oh, no. Vince has no tact, does he? So like, I don't know how things are gonna go from there unless like they bring in a new title for Raw. I feel like they're gonna unify both titles uh, to no, become like the undisputed championship, and no, maybe they, will. they probably will. And then they said they're gonna ha- they're gonna carry that. Roman's gonna go all the way to next Mania. They're gonna do a whole thing for Thousand Days, mm-hmm. and then it remains to be it remains to be seen where we go from there. Um, Talking of that again, match. The was... problem is, though, is where the mm. fuck does Cody Rhodes fit into this? Exactly. Yeah. Cody, I don't know, because they, they, I feel like from what you've heard from reports, they see him as a very high draw uh, baby face. Problem is, is that I feel like maybe it was the right place, wrong time, maybe. 
Because maybe if they're really putting it all in <laughs> on oh, no, Roman. No, they, 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 are going, they are dead set on Roman versus The Rock for the next main year. Christ, yeah. what do you do with Cody now? I mean, I mean, the way I'd probably see it is they give him an IC title run, make that a belt seem freaking important again. And then mm. once he loses that title, maybe he has the ambition of going for the Unified Championship when the time's right for Roman to finally drop that title. I, it's either that or they do, or it's Brock Breaker. Uh, I, I think that's uh, Look, the general consensus I, I, at this point. It's I, I, Cody or Braun. At, <laughs> at the going rate of how I see things now, Look, I, I, the going rate things are going now. Let's just assume everything stays as it is now. Roman stays as the unified champion mm. of both Raw and SmackDown, and they're dead set on him making the thousand days and making it to the next Mania. No one's winning until at least April 2023. Gosh, darn. <laughs> Ah, well, you know what? It could, it could throw us a curveball. It could actually be that Johnny Knoxville bloody wins the WWE like Unified Championship. Speaking of which, which now, Johnny which Knoxville... Now personally, one of my favourite matches of yes! the weekend. <laughs> and honestly, he might just be tied with Floyd Mayweather for the best celebrity match at WrestleMania. I mean... Look, let, I... me, let, me, let, me, let me talk about this one bit, though, right? Sure. Which I am going to say. Sami Zayn is one of a small group of maybe four people in the entirety of WWE and even maybe a slightly larger group around the world that could make this match work. Yes, absolutely. And for that reason, it firms up my belief that Sami Zayn is in fact one of the greatest wrestlers to ever grace the American wrestling scene. Abso-freaking- Lutely. I mean, come on. He sold for Wee Man for crying out loud. That that, that is that is, that got the that got such a massive pop. And I don't me. care because oh, we saw Wee Man fucking body slam Sami Zayn. Wee Man and went was, all Japan yeah. on on Sami as well when he came out from under the apron. <laughs> he was and throwing. Sami Zayn gave him a boot for the. Yeah. Uh, Jumbo Saruda would be proud of. <laughs> Just, it's great. Oh man! Like legit, I, Johnny K. This was the this was the thing I said though, right? I want this match to have no actual wrestling at all. <laughs> As an actual wrestling match done by the normal metrics, it should be like a negative five stars. <laughs> but in I'm... concept, but in concept of what Jackass is and what this match is supposed to be. Just ratchet it up crazy. Just do the dumbest spots imaginable. Throw back all to all the jackass stuff. Straight up, five stars immediately. <laughs> Here's my question: When I was watching it, I'm like, "This is great." Well, for what it is, it's like it's exactly what you want. I'm just kind of like, "Yo, why isn't why is it taking WWE this long?" Like. Oh, you would have, you would have thought Knoxville would have been, would have been in his prime, getting thrown into tables by the Dudley Boys in two thousand and two. Yeah. Like, no, that's I, again, that's, that's I, the logical I, I, I thing, right? Have no idea why it's taken this long. Mm-hmm. Like, like literal, like an entire nostalgia cycle for this to happen. That's kind of insane. No, it is. But then again, as we said before, WWE has been awful at picking up on pop culture in the moment. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, but like WWE oh loves 
a nostalgia bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of the second night as well, because this happened in the second night, what were your, uh, were you feeling stuff to Dom, Sub, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan? We're not talking about this. I was going to say, respectfully, let, respectfully, let me not speak because yeah. I can get myself in trouble. Yeah, okay. yeah all right, all right. I'll, 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 I'll go, I'll yeah. go a complete 180 and say, Mister McMahon's cell, <laughs> the stone cut. Now let's talk there about this because that was art. <laughs> oh. I think Vince surpassed Linda. Yes, he really yeah. did. <laughs> It took 19 years, but we finally did it. My fate, my, one of my favorite things to come off that was the tweet from Candy Lee, where she was like, me, when I tell people I know how to take their move. <laughs> Mick Foley absolutely oh. dying. Yeah, <laughs> that, reaction, that reaction was so good, though. <laughs> Uh, also, Matthew as well in in his most recent botchamania, the WrestleMania botchamania, with yeah. one of the endings, going, <laughs> splicing that in with the Simpsons, going, "We did twenty takes, and that was the best one." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, on the other hand, we yeah, also had we also had we also we also had two um two absolutely great stunners at that same time. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> let me just say. Let me just say. Right. Pat McAfee had that loaded up like he was waiting his entire life for that yeah. one moment. Pat McAfee is all of us who want to be in that situation. Literally, 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 you could tell that like I've been preparing for this day. My oh, he, he like he was there and was like in his head. He was like, oh man, if I ever got hit with a stunner. This is exactly how I'm going to do it. He had that rehearsed, and it was great. <laughs> Can I just as well shout out to Pat McAfee as well for necking yeah. a beer when he was knocked? <laughs> oh, it was great. That, that is some... Actually, can I say this? I will say this. That one thing that shocked me is that the WrestleMania camera work was legitimately great this, the entire time. I, think well, that, I, don't know, I don't know if I'd agree with that. Almost the entire... I, I, think, I think a marked improvement. I, I can't, I it can't was, tell you. It was a marked improvement, but we're talking like <laughs> the equivalent of getting punched in the face and being given your starter at a restaurant. <laughs> Not fair. Because <laughs> it's one of the one Again, I, we, I think we're going to have to talk about it. The Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Oh, do we have to? Oh God, Charlotte! Because, because you're talking about because you're talking about camera work, right? And I remember there was a segment in that in that Charlotte Ronda match where there was a cut for every single one of Ronda's punches, and she never changed position. Nope. And you had about thirteen cuts in about as many seconds. Oh dear gosh, Charlotte tried. Dear gosh, did she try? Yeah, Charlotte put her absolute heart into making this work, and Ronda was dead set on nah. <laughs> I'm done here. She really has harbored a resentment to wrestling fans as a whole, hasn't she, Ronda? I mean, I mean, I have, I have resentment for different reasons because turfs. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean yeah, mm, this was, this yeah. was going to be the thing. This was going to be the thing I was going to say. Like, she, harbors, yeah. she harbors resentment against wrestling fans because, like, of the whole thing of obviously her coming from MMA and then also her complaining about being booed and like, but like, you're not, you know, like this isn't your sphere. <laughs> And you, this and, isn't your, and to be honest, this isn't Ronda, your world. you don't come across as a very likable person to begin with. Boom. There you go. It's almost like we've cracked the code. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. O honestly, like, with all of this, it's it's interesting to see where WWE now go with all of this after this. After oh, yeah. This I have no idea where... I have no idea where they're going with this other than apparently, you know, obviously apparently they're only going for a thousand days. <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course, you know, Rock has been has been bloody teasing it, even with his uh, sitcom Young Rock. They've they've been teasing the whole damn thing. <laughs> Which did that Young Rock show look look pretty good. I, I, I do want to try and check that out. But yeah, uh, also yeah, the main event, uh, I just can't I can't <sighs> I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that again, there's supposedly it had to go short because of, you know, an incident. We don't know what, because okay. they refuse to make any comparison on whether it's actually real. Or not. Mm. Okay, <clears throat> but um, I do love the prospect of Brock just accidentally shooting during Roman, <laughs> like just purely because he just didn't realize. Um, but obviously, it, it makes everyone wonder. Obviously, where do you think go from here if he is actually injured? Yeah, but it doesn't really seem to be that way. So yeah, it seems like like he might have gotten injured, but it wasn't as bad, and he was just selling. Yeah. Mm. And I guess now with Brock now no longer there, I guess he's off to promote his meat rub. <laughs> Which, by the way, is an absolutely real thing. <laughs> Do you reckon though that he is a product of big seasoning? Oh, absolutely! Absolutely, that that, that a boy from South Dakota. Are you kidding gen me? Genetically engineered seasoning. Okay, he is in fact not CYN approved. <laughs> Listen, I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying like that. Look, is, right, I don't care. Ever since I saw a real person with real business states use the phrase free yourself from big seasoning my life has changed <laughs> i wish i was lying that that's a sentence that a real person has said well <clears throat> oh my gosh so man it's it's an yeah, interesting time like, for it, the it, wwe it's the, whole, it's the whole thing of like obviously if they're going for the thousand days and they're going for a room to make it there again I feel like the thing of this is you have to put so much effort into having someone who is a champion for such a long time and obviously establishing dominance while keeping things interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was easy back in the day when it was Bruno San Martino, uh, but nowadays the world the world is in a wholly different place. Like, it was, it was, like, the thing is, though, right? You've got like the benchmark of someone like Volta, right? Yes. He did 879 days, something yep. like that. Mm -hmm. Right? Sorry. But like with him, it was kind of easy to think of, right? Because it was like this man's just an actual mountain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Should we like, say they, <laughs> they can easily do that with Roman, but the problem is is that I feel like the product has become to a point stale. Yeah. With it actually keeping it interesting outside of good outside of having good matches, it's gonna really become the the sticking point because it's basically linchpinned on Roman Rock at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. So they've either got to build like a really good, credible baby face. <clears throat> yeah, because they because or, or we're literally just gonna be here, just going, "What day are we on? Six hundred something out of a thousand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Volta can 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 even equal that at a, a title <clears throat> reign when he's on the main roster with his mouthpiece Ludwig Kaiser. I have my again. I have complaints. <laughs> 
Oh man, I have. I. I mean, mm, I mean, the Bruce Pritchard school of name of, of name of name creative is is showing itself there, it's isn't it? Blessing when you're there and you see Ludwig Kaiser, and you think, well, actually, in the grand scheme of things, it's not the worst name change they've had. But it's so on the point German. It's not even funny. <laughs> It's like a German. It's like the name of a German in a bloody carry-on film. <laughs> God, that's it. That's what I was thinking of. Jesus, it really, yeah. it really is. Ludwig Kaiser. He should be wearing. I tell you, at this point, he will be wearing a monocle by the end of the month. Absolutely. They'll bring out a World War One German helmet. Oh no, no, no! I do not I... want Imperium now dressed in right, red. My head, goose stepping to the ring. The only the only issue that I have ever heard about Imperium's name was my friend who was like, I feel like their name should be swapped around. Hmm. Because like obviously Fabian Eichner is the Italian one and Marcel Bartel is the German one. No, you're right, actually. And he was yeah, like, but... I feel like the German one should be Eichner and the Italian should be Bartel. <laughs> it's so weird because that's both their legit real names. <laughs> that's the thing. That's just their shoot name. Although it is the thing we said though that obviously they put out WWE put out the memo saying they can't use people won't no will no longer be allowed to use old indie names or their actual names. Speaking of which, and I won't reply and I won't repeat what I t what I sent you to when when yeah, when we were talking about that. Did you like what I made? Which leads to my point of. What the fuck is AJ Styles going to be called? Hey, look, look. He's still got a year on contract. You, you saw, you saw my suggestion there, Dan. Tell me that yes, isn't good or not. <laughs> like, that is a pretty pretty name, isn't there. it? I'm just like, what, what the hell, what the hell is he going to be called now? <laughs> He's just going to be called Mister Phenomenal. Yeah, it goes back to his Mister Olympia gimmick that he had oh when he started God. out. What was it, what was the thing when he was in WCW like right at the end where he was in like the Air, Air Styles was his name. <laughs> there we go. There it is. He's got to wear the jumpsuit as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's cursed. That is cursed. Can we end this news segment quickly now? <laughs> now I've got the image of I'm now I've got the image of soccer mum haircut AJ Styles wearing the jumpsuit again. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right, Reardon. Do you have anything for recommendation corner this week? I do. I do have things. I do have things. I have two things. Guys, what do you feel? How do you feel about 3D animation and also ancient Egypt? God, uh, I like both of them. Well, you're in luck. Uh, I would like to actually shout out a software for once. Ooh, two oh, things. Wow. A soft, yeah. I know we're going real, real oh, weird. Shit. Wow. First of oh. all, first and foremost. So actually, so before we do that, I'm going to just do a quick shout out to Moon Knight, which I have been watching. It is it is Moon Knight. <laughs> like as so as someone who has read Moon Knight and has read the comics, it's different, but it's Moon Knight. So if you are confused watching it, if you're like a, a casual like Marvel fan, casual superhero fan, you're watching Moon Knight and you're like, yo, what the hell is this? I'm just going to say, Yeah, that's Moon Knight. That that's that's pretty much how it goes when you're when you're looking at Moon Knight stuff. It's pretty good, and and it also has um it has Salieri in it. My boy Salieri, oh, shout out to you. you shout out to you, F. Murray Abraham. 
<laughs> also, also shout out watch um watch Amadeus if you haven't seen it. <laughs> we yeah, will, we will shout to the ends of the earth how good Amadeus is. <laughs> Amadeus yeah. is incredible. Watch Amadeus. It's 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 an incredible movie. But yeah. And now for the software, I am currently I am currently learning Blender, which Ooh. is oh, wow. Yeah, which is a free 3D software that allows you to do like everything, like kind of animation, modeling, sculpting. Like they even upgrade, they even finally updated it so you can do like 2D animation as well. Um, it's been around for a while. It was unusable to human hands for the longest time. Like its UI was dog shit. I'm sorry, it was. But uh, Blender 2.8 of which I believe we are now on Blender 3 right now, Blender 2.8, the UI got overhauled. It actually was usable, and I'm actually having a lot of fun learning it. Who knows? Maybe we will exist in three dimensions if I get it. Maybe do some cool little stuff there. But oh, those are my yeah. recommendations. If you are interested in doing, like, 3D software and all that kind of stuff, try and check out Blender. There are plenty of tutorials. I'm currently looking at... um. CG Geek and Blender Guru. They're the most famous ones, but check those guys out. And uh, let's see what you got. And if anyone can make the Sweet Chinwag logo in Blender, shout us out. Follow us at Twitter and like, let us know. I know that someone online uh, remade the Tron light cycle scene using nothing but Blender. So I know the power and capabilities of Blender. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, chaps. With that, it is time... To move on to our main portion of this episode, May Young. Now, chaps, we discussed this as we were going through our kind of like what to plan for our episodes. And this one did pop up and it was a very interesting one to say the least. Because to us, to us over here in the UK, we know May Young for one very specific time in the world of professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So my, I guess my question that we've got, I'm going to throw out to you two right now before we get into a little retrospective is, um, what were your what were your are your initial thoughts on May Young? <laughs> Who is this mad old lady? <laughs> well, let me just say this right at this point, May Young is inextricably tied in my brain to the Dudley Boys. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let me just say. Let me just get it out of there. If you say May Young, literally the first thing that comes into my head is just the the image of Bubba Ray's face. <laughs> oh, the orgasm face he always had when he when he when he slapped women through tables. Yeah, I remember. I, that pre I prefer thousand yard stare. <laughs> As Jr. would say, he almost has an orgasmic look on his face. Legit. I wouldn't go that far, but you know what? If you want to say that, say that. Go on, good old Jim Ross. No, honestly, she is inextricably tied to the Dudley boys now. <laughs> Owen Mark Henry, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Alrighty, chaps. Alright. <clears throat> Let us get on to our little retrospective. So, Johnny Mae Young was born in Oklahoma in March 1923 as the youngest of eight children. Her mother, Lily Mae Young, was a single mother. Funny enough, it was during uh, her partner, actually, uh, Lily, oh, sorry, uh, Mae Young's dad, uh, left to find work and never returned. And this was during, of course, uh, the Great Depression. 
and the Dust Bowl kind of era of America. So that was a very common occurrence of men trying going out to find work and deserting their families at this time. Uh, yes, we, we are starting off with the Great Depression, guys. Yeah. We're in for the long haul. We are in for the long haul. Uh, Young's uh, family life was as, you know, during that time was as, you know, as tough as they could come. Her, her youngest sister was dis severely disabled by whooping cuff at a very young age uh, and had to take care of her and her family as much as she possibly could during that time, along with her mother. So Young, funnily enough, was her, was an, uh, started out becoming an amateur wrestler in her high school high school's boys wrestling team at the age of 15. She actually became quite a legit wrestler during her time in high school, so much so that even during that time, uh, the men were very, very kind of like quite blasé and quite upset about a woman being in the team. But once she ended up throwing down with them, they realised, oh shit, she's actually really good as a wrestler. <laughs> It is the. I just. I just grew up in the Dust Bowl. What do you got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so her brothers, funnily enough, Fred, Eugene, Lawrence, and Everett, taught her everything they knew her about wrestling, and actually were the ones that helped her join the wrestling team. Young was also uh, an accomplished softball player with Tulsa's national championship team. Believe it or not. Oh. She had. So she had a very prolific Wait. sports background. Okay. This is a side thing. Is there an intersection between wrestling and softball, or am I just thinking of Sid? <laughs> you, it's, you're thinking of Sid. <laughs> also, also, quick sidebar: Everett Young is a strong name. Well oh, played. Yeah. Well played there. That's a, that's a top top name. I don't name. know why, but Everett Young's giving me like Motown singer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Cro um, real crooner era, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, the support act for Frank Sinatra, Everett Young. No, that's actually that feels right though. Do you see what I mean? Like exactly, exactly. Good timing as well, because probably that's yeah, yeah, around that time. I would imagine late thirties, early forties. Crooners would be yeah. would be yeah. doing their thing. So <clears throat> this brings us to nineteen thirty nine. While still in high school, May Young went to a professional wrestling show and challenged then champion. The legendary Mildred Burke, when she visited Tulsa to wrestle at Gladys Gillum. Because the promoters told her she could not wrestle the champion, she decided to wrestle Gladys in a shoot fight, beating, oh, her, yeah. with, <laughs> beating her within seconds. Hell so, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> after the fight, though, promoter Billy Wolf wanted Young to become a professional wrestler. It's actually to quote Mae Young during her Hall of Fame <laughs> induction speech in 2008. She said, and I quote, I learned to wrestle amateur in Sand Springs, so I never heard of women professional wrestlers. But one day I heard in a Tulsa paper that there was going to be a women's world championship match coming to tap to the town of Oklahoma. So I immediately got home with my brother and I shouted, hey, you, let's go. And I go and we go over and I'm going to challenge that champion named Mildred Burke. So I went there. And there was a promoter by the name of Billy Wolf at the time. And I told him that I want to challenge the world's champion. He said, you can't do that because you've never wrestled in a wrestling match. I said, yeah, but I can beat her so I can beat her. And the only <laughs> I can't I can beat her because I am a legit wrestler. So the only one that could beat uh, Burke, <clears throat> who was Burke's adversary at the time. Sorry. He broke over there and was those only two other two uh, girl wrestlers in the whole world. And that was Gladys Gillum and Mildred Burke. 
And there was also another wrestler by the name of Elvira Snodgrass. So I asked what? the coach in Sand Springs. I wanted to try it to be a professional wrestler. And I'll go and face um, Gladys Gillum. So they ring the bell and I run over to her, take her down like a ball. and just beat the shit out of her in, in seconds. <laughs> then Billy puts me in the ring against Elvira and I also beat her. So then Billy says, well, I think you may, I may make a girl wrestler out of you. Yeah. <laughs> You like oh oh you're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> so she left home two years. I just love the entire prospect of she was just there and was like, "Now nah, I I can do this." Just turns up to a show, shoots on the champion, <laughs> and then they're like, "Wait wait wait, get someone else." Shoots on her, and they're like, "Okay." <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's literally. I guess you have a job now. Like yeah. that is that is a power move. Absolutely. So after that, she would then uh, leave home two years later to go and wrestle professionally. She later travelled to Charlotte, North Carolina, where we should meet and train with <clears throat> ugh, the fabulous Moolah. Say what you want uh, about Moolah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. A lot of I that's mean, left to be desired. Of like. It's this period of time in wrestling, so it's kind of unavoidable. Yeah. And also during this travel... To... Absolutely horrible. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you've seen the Dark Side of the Ring episode, I be... um, I think it was yeah. Luna Fashan? Yes. Then you kind of... Everyone knows kind of the feelings yeah. towards Moolah. It's not great at all. But during this trip to Charlotte, she also met Ed Strangler Lewis, who told her in no uncertain terms, I don't like girl wrestlers. Women should be in the kitchen. But after seeing you, geez, you're born to be a wrestler. Um. Oh. Uh... Yeah, Ed Strangler Lewis, legendary wrestler, but also, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's, the, that's the 1930s for you, people. Yeah, no, I do. Hmm. So, they've been... From... Oh, sorry. does that count as? I don't even know what that counts as. Yeah, same. Does same counts as I. You're a credit to your gender. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I was like, is it? Is it slightly progressive for like 1940? Uh, mm, uh, uh, maybe. Like he, like he at least admits it. He doesn't go for like, oh, it was a lucky, it was a fluke, or something like that. Yeah. I, I guess. Interesting. Interesting <laughs> reaction. Mm. So, chaps, there's been conflicting reports as to the year in which Young began her career. Now, Mae Young has gone on record and claimed that her first match was on August the 20th, 1939. While, while WWE and most historians have said that, that she started her professional career that year, um, it was once said that her first match was actually in 1940. Now, according to Big Davy Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer... What you got for us, Meltzer? Historians have been unable to find any records that she began in 1939, and most likely her first match would have been in 1941. Meltzer wrote, In reality, Young is believed to have competed in seven decades, matching the record held by Lou Fez. I mean, right, right, granted, you couldn't really call her 2010 match anything resembling a pro wrestling match, even given as much leeway as possible. While she's always claimed to have started in 1939, age 16, historians researching have been unable to find any records of her wrestling prior 
1941 when she turned 18 and went to tour with Billy Wolf's troop. So it's okay. debatable if she started 16 or 18. But again, it's not a surprising thing considering that information on pro wrestling post-1950 is really hard to find. Yeah, I I want to believe her, not only on that, but also, you know, there was a bloody war on. Mm. So See, this was going to be my thing is A, there's a war on. So I can imagine that professional wrestling results probably wasn't the highest priority for record keeping. Mm-hmm. Second of all, we're trying to remember that this is still in a time period where wrestling is aggressively guarded. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> so I can entirely imagine that probably, and also, right, if anyone here, anyone listening, has ever tried to follow stuff on the NWA pre like 1960, <laughs> it is a confusing mess of like seven different promotions that all cover overlapping areas. Yeah. And like, no one can agree who's a champion. Because, like, it was just, like, so many things happening in isolation of each other. Mm-hmm. So, I am willing to say that 1939 is probably not a crazy thing. Because, again, right, it just says when she had her first match. Mm. So, mm. it can be thing. it could be something like she just was in a match in, like, 1939 against just someone random in, like, I don't know, the arse end of North Carolina. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Like, I mean, it could have been legit like, a shoot fight as well, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What does it count the two shoot fights that she had? Apparently, <laughs> that is up for debate. It's never been. It's never been known whether those were actually the count. That was actually counted as legit matches in her professional career. <laughs> yeah. I can see her counting it. Yeah, I can see her absolutely. <clears throat> but. It's an interesting little fact in, in, in Mae Young's career. Regardless, for the American scene in general, she started incredibly young. Because it's usually 1920 when wrestlers are usually starting to train in America. The whole yeah. idea of training young is a very UK sort of concept. <laughs> mm. um, so for Mae Young to kind of start training around that time is a very, is a very different sort of... Um, very sort of different thing that how most North American wrestlers tend to start in professional wrestling. So, 1941, Young, along with Mildred Burke, opened up Canada to female wrestling. As a matter of fact, in Canada, they were working under Stu Hart! Yeah, yes. <laughs> the Hart patriarch. It's Stu. The man with the most depressing face in the world if you've ever seen him ringside oh, during right. any new generation match involving Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair though, he was in the, he was watching the new generation happen in real time and that would make me sad. That's uh, that's true. That's that's true. I mean he also did watch Steve Austin choke out his son with a flipping camera cord say, as like, well. Like that's probably not much better. <laughs> yeah. So she was wrestling in Memphis, Tennessee. On December the 7th, 1941, funnily enough, that day would also be the day that Pearl Harbor was bombed by the Japanese, which led to the US entering World War II. The reason I bring this up, during the war, Young and Burke ended up taking advantage of this 
by keeping wrestling alive and in fact raising the profile of female wrestling across the or North America. Because of course, most men were enlisted and conscripted um, to fight overseas in the Second World War. So because of that, Burke and Young saw an opening and absolutely took advantage of it. And as I said uh, to you guys before we recorded, Young is one of the many reasons why wrestling was able to stay alive during this period of time. Yeah, it's exactly the same as in um, uh, World War One in the UK, women's football group. And then after the men returned, they absolutely tried to kill it. They yeah. and succeeded. Yes, they very much succeeded. <laughs> yes, a lot of people to this day still think that women's football is an absolute but, um, travesty for some bizarre reason. Yeah, it it, it entirely it entirely tracks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, because of that, Mae Young became an established name in the world of professional wrestling in North America, and because of that, she ended up becoming a legendary figure in the National Wrestling Alliance. She fought under the nicknames in the 1950s and 70s as the Queen and the Great Mae Young, but used her real name for most of her matches. Wouldn't be allowed anymore, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So during the 1950s, she wrestled for Mildred Burke's World Women's Wrestling Association, the WWWA, one of the more famous and prolific women's wrestling associations in North America. 1954, Young and Burke were some of the first females to actually tour Japan after the war. As a matter of fact, their names are kind of synonymous with the excursions of going over to Japan, just kind of like how Carl Gotch is, the god of professional wrestling in Japan. (laughs) Mae Young and Mildred Burke are kind of seen in very similar light in Japan for female wrestling. 1951, she became the National Wrestling Alliance's first Florida Women's Champion, and five years later, in September 1956, she parted to... Sorry. I lost my I lost my tongue there. I swallowed my tongue there for a second. Easy, easy, easy. In 1956, she participated in the Battle Royal to determine the new NWA World Women Champion after June Byers was stripped of the title. But, unfortunately, this was an unsuccessful battle royale, as it was won by Young's friend, <clears throat> the Fabius Moolah. I wonder why. <laughs> oh, dear. In 1968, she became the NWA's first United States Women's Champion, and then after that, she wrestled for the WWWF for Vince Sr. in two matches in 1969 and 1972. At this point, it's it's a little bit mysterious as to why May left the wrestling business soon after 1972 and retired. <clears throat> a lot mm. has been said, but again, nothing has been uh, been put into concrete. There's you know family issues, possible May thought she had done everything and kind of didn't want to do it anymore. Did did, uh, has, did May Young ever have any children? Actually, um. It's it's not been known. I I from what I found, I can't see anything that she did have any kind of like family uh or any sort of like spouse. Um right. Fair enough, because I was just thinking like seven seventy she would have been like coming like in her thirties, forties? Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. So I figured like maybe it just like maybe it just mean like, you know, motherhood kind of stuff, but apparently not fair enough. I mean, I mean, the one thing I did find is that actually in 91, um, she moved to California to become a Christian evangel- evangelist. 
to take care of her mother who was sick at the time but soon after uh renounced that lifestyle and um soon after moved in with uh moolah and a and a wrestler under the name of katie glass in columbia south carolina and she's just they like, all lived she together was... She was just upset she couldn't shoot fight the congregation. That's what happened there. <laughs> he did. He was there. It was like dry Christian. Christian um, evangelism was like, nah, this isn't for me. <laughs> Can I just say that one of my favorite parts of going through this is that in 1956, they were doing the whole battle royale to decide yes. the champion. Like, it's actually kind of funny, actually. Like in 1956, they, they like wrestling has like progressed in certain aspects so much <laughs> wrestling is a straight, then, like is the a core fundamentals line. have never stopped they've never stopped the rest wrestling is forever a straight line <laughs> it is a flat circle <laughs> so may young would occasionally appear in the late 80s and 90s in certain events and conventions but it wasn't until 1993 that young would come out of retirement and start wrestling again. She worked for the Fabulous Moolers Ladies International Wrestling Association based in Las Vegas. And in June 19, 1996, she teamed with Moolah at the LIWA Golden Girls Extravaganza, which is, by the way, an amazing name for, for an event, but, you know, shame who owns the promotion, where they wrestled Liz Chase and Laurie Lynn to a no contest. Basically, it was just Mae Young shoot fighting, shooting on an archipelagic. She's just addicted to shoot fighting. The more things change, the, the more, more they stay the same. the same. So, it wasn't until 1994 that Mae Young would make her first appearance for the WWF. She made a cameo appearance being shown by the camera along with legends Moolah, Classy Freddy Blassie, Captain Lou Albano and Nikolai Volkov in the crowd at WrestleMania 10. She would make her official debut on the September 9th 1999 episode of Smackdown where she was introduced by Moolah and was later attacked by Jeff Jarrett being put in the Let's figure four go! level. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, yes. I f we fucking love you, Jeff. <laughs> oh, Every that's... single time he finds his way back around. <laughs> incredible, incredible. So it was after this appearance that May and Moolah would begin regularly appearing on WWF televised shows. May would make her in-ring debut for the WWF on the September 27th episode of Raw is War, teaming up with Moolah where she competed in a handicap evening gown match against women's champion Ivory, who stripped May from her gown before Moolah picked up the victory. <laughs> God damn it, that is such a weird yes. lie to say. And... Mm. <laughs> Yes. Welcome to WWE in 1999. At No Mercy 99, May managed Moolah, sorry, who defeated Ivory for the championship, which would be Moolah's last wrestling title before her uh, her passing in 2007. Let me course... just say, I feel horrifically for Ivory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And at Survivor Series in November 99, May Young and Moolah competed in an eight-woman tag team match, along with Deborah and Tori, to face the team of Ivory, Jacqueline, Terry Runnels, and Luna Vachon, with their team coming out victorious. Oh, there God. There's no way. There's no way that team of 
Ivory, Jacqueline, and Luna Vachon should be losing that match. No, no like, like, listen, listen, I love Mae Young. Jacqueline should have torn that woman apart. <laughs> Absolutely the correct option. Like... <laughs> oh, guys, this brings me to this, and this is one of the very first... Yeah. This is one of the very, very first instances I ever saw of Mae Young. Oh boy, we get to Royal Rumble two thousand. If, if, if you're too, if you're too scarred, I can read I can read the passage for you. Oh, I'll 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 I'll, I'll try as best as I can. So Royal we're Rumble here. Two, we're here for you. We're here for you. Royal Rumble two thousand. Trust me, you're gonna need to be Madison Square Garden. During this event, we had the Miss Royal Rumble 2000 Swimsuit Contest. After all of the divas had come out and, you know, strutted their stuff and the swimsuits, out comes Mae Young. And what does Mae Young do to get a one-up to everyone? She flashes the entire audience. Now, the reason I say this, that this, this, I, this, I don't want to picture this is that, fortunately, for us in the UK on Channel 4, this was censored, but not for everyone in America. Oh, wow. Yes, Mae Young flashed the entire nation of the United States in Madison, and Madison Square Garden for that matter. But funnily enough, it was actually revealed later that she was wearing um, prosthet actually prosthetic boobs and actually didn't expose herself, hence why they were able to kind of get away with her flashing Again, herself. Like, I wonder whether or not that's actually technically better, because <laughs> I think most people there were probably living with the initial trauma anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that makes it. That just that doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make it any worse. It just adds a detail. And this, yeah, it, it is literally fine print. <laughs> and of course, this also leads to Mark Henry running in and covering May up with a towel, which so funny enough brings us to May Young and her relationship with sexual chocolate Mark Henry. <laughs> Okay. Um, do you want to Pokedex? Like do you want to Pokedex sexual let chocolate? Just, yes, let yes. Me just, let me just start this though, right? I will let you do your Pokedex. Alright. Let me just start this by saying, this is one of the many things I sometimes cite when I have to try and explain to people that wrestling as a being and a I'm using air quotes art form. <clears throat> is just sometimes the most undefinable thing. Yes. Because I don't know how anyone made sense out of this and can accept that this is a thing that anyone should have ever done. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, now please poke at sexual chocolate Mark Henry. Okay, so... Wow, what a sentence. <laughs> Mark Henry, legitimately, legitimately one of the strongest men to have ever lived. Correct. You know, well, when they call him the world's strongest man, no, no, no. He literally, <laughs> at that time, was the yeah, world's strongest he, he man. Did, he did win uh, world's strongest man competition at the time. I can't remember what year it was, yes. but mm. he did win it. Yes. Um, one of the... A future, a future. We should really talk about Mark Henry at one point. We should. We really, because, like, he, he, he is legitimately an absolutely fascinating figure for me absolutely as, as, like but at the time his world's strongest man gimmick was getting stale it was not popping the crowd so the wwf in their wisdom <laughs> decided to go for a different angle to make him a 
Playboy <laughs> known as sexual chocolate. Never been Didn't they also try and go down like some kind of weird like Barry White esque? Yes, yes, yeah. he, he did. Could, yeah, he turned into basically wrestling Barry White. I still which, remember. Which oh, is a sentence. It's ba- a sentence. The, basically, the only reason I remember that Barry White theme is I swear to God, my brother thought when the song goes, I don't want to give it all to you. My brother honestly thought the song said, and I'm going to make it all tingly. <laughs> I mean, sexual chocolate. What can I say? What can I say? Oh, man. So we get to this. Of course, Mark Henry, one of Mark Henry's very first stories as sexual chocolate was trying to court China. Yes. But the second yes. and probably the most successful one was, of course, developing a romance with Mae Young. Which. Just, like. How, I don't know how you, like, conceptualize this. Try try living in the mind of Vince McMahon. Actually, I don't want to live in the mind of Vince McMahon. It probably looks like the Somme at this point. (laughs) 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 Oh my god, you're not wrong, but (laughs) (laughs) but it's I just it's it's one of those last vestiges of the Attitude Era that. Still, I'm like, why did this happen? Uh, no, no, but like, you're not wrong though. <laughs> you just have to look at it and just go, why, why does this exist? Also, I just pulled up um, uh, Mark Henry's profile, uh, and he had won like a bunch of powerlifting awards, and then also the 2002 Arnold Strongman. Right, so he's legit. He's a he is legit. He is wedge. Yeah. <laughs> so all of this, of course, the romance between Mark Henry and Mae Young culminates in Mae Young becoming pregnant. Bearing in mind, right? Isn't she like seventy-seven? by this point, seventy-seven at this point is Mae Young. Now, I'm a firm believer in suspension of disbelief, but personally, how in the blue blazes were they able to get? Were they going to get out? Well, what's going to be the payoff, and how are they going to get away with this being the payoff? Oh, well, I'm glad that no one fucking asked. <laughs> well, a few months later, May Young's Say the waters... line, Sam. May Young's waters Say the break, line. And she gives birth to a severed hand. Now, I just want to remind people here, you are still listening to a wrestling podcast. <laughs> yeah. We haven't, we have, this isn't, this isn't some kind of like, we haven't just randomly diverted into like body horror or like a true crime podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. Now I have questions, and I can't believe I have to say this, Sam, because you unfortunately have been cursed with remembering this. Uh. Is there a context to the to the fact that it's just the hand? No. Is there? Is, no. 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 no it's no, just a never sick, explained. It's just a sick joke. From Vince because he, oh oh well 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 an old woman can't actually give birth to a baby so what's the most gross out thing we could do ah oh, I've got it a hand covered in KY jelly it's it's literally just like like John you know this it also is as well 
is that you know sometimes there are those segments which is isolation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're with they're like they're weird, but like you can like sometimes when you're watching them, you don't like it doesn't have the same dissonance. This has mm-hmm. all the dissonance in the universe. Yeah, trying to watch this because you are literally just left there going, "What the fuck am I actually watching right now?" <laughs> genuinely what am i seeing it does not compute with my brain it's just uh, oh man how how can i be there and try and explain this industry that i love and say (laughs) a 77 year old woman gave birth to a hand on a completely serious wrestling product Oh man, WCW um, should have won. <laughs> also, this also leads us to uh, the Dudley boys and her rivalry with Bubba Ray Dudley. And this is the thing. Who performed? Oh. Who performed two consecutive power bombs on Young through tables? Well, the first being in the ring. And the second, in which Young was originally bound to a wheelchair, being off the entrance ramp, and has been described by some as the most notorious powerbomb in WWE history. Now, May, being 77 years old at the time, there were some reservations even from Vince, but credit where credit's due, May Young was like, oh hell yeah, I want to come off the entrance ramp. Literally, I believe it was. I think she literally called. I forget who it was. I think it was Bubba Ray. Yeah, he. She literally. I think she literally called him like, "Do it, you pussy. Do yes. it." Yes, which is incredible. It's I think it shows you the mind of my young. You're there. You're there. And you just see this dude, Bubba Ray. Just hoy up this old woman out of a wheelchair and then power bomb her off the stage, and you're just like, "What is going on?" <laughs> it's in, it's oh, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> oh no, that's no, but that's the thing though. It's like when you're there, and you're like, she told me to do it. Watching it, you're literally just like, "This is incredible." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just it's it's something. It's uh, the, but again, it's one of those visuals that I cannot forget for the longest time and it's one of what legit you can hear the shock and horror in jim ross's voice upon seeing may young 77 years old being power bobbed through a table off the entrance ramp it's it's raw is war in 2000 (laughs) oh it is so 2000 (laughs) may young after that would make an appearance at wrestlemania 2000 in her uh, in a match uh managing i believe the cat in a match against terry runnels who was being managed by Moolah at the time and of course one of the most famous spots there was that may young was kissed the guest referee val venus <laughs> those are words i never want to hear and soon after that she would make sporadic appearances in the wwf slash e one of her final appearances uh, in 2001 being uh, in a backstage appearance on the Christmas Eve edition of Monday Night Raw. Now, uh, she would return in 2002 to promote her new book, uh, uh, well, Moolah's new book, I should say, actually, before being infamously attacked by Three Minute Warning. (laughs) 
Now, if you've seen this... Free... All right, let me just say this, because we said it before, uh, back when we were doing... Uh, <clears throat> I think it was back when we were doing the stuff of Pride for Pride Month last year. Yes. What, what was Three Minute Warning's deal? Because <laughs> it was just Eric, Eric Bischoff just coming out and just attacking people. Yeah, basically, Roshan and Jamal no were his... Ability, which had no ability to defend themselves. Yeah, they were his hired guns, basically, and just beating just the crap Eric, out of anyone. Eric Bischoff just, like, against people who had no ability to defend themselves. And this wouldn't be the last time she'd been blooming, um, blooming like, attacked, right? So, if you remember... Uh, Jamal, the future Umaga, did a big splash onto my yard for crying out. I know. <laughs> in 2003, she, uh, <laughs> oh, she would be RKO'd by Randy Orton. Again, Randy Orton has a track record of this. And in June of 2003, <clears throat> she would Bronco Buster Eric Bischoff before being stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> See, what, that, what that, is wrestling? What is wrestling? What is wrestling? Someone answer me this question, please. <laughs> oh man, I just mm, it's what is WWE? <laughs> what is this fever dream that I live in? It's crazy. Two thousand and four, though, she would get her plaudits as she was inducted into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum as part of the Lady Wrestler category class of that year. She would later appear in two thousand and four on a September episode of SmackDown, where she teamed with Moolah to defeat Dawn Marie and Tori Wilson. In two thousand and five, because of course. <laughs> In, in WrestleMania 22, she was part of a very famous, well, I say famous, part of a famous uh, backstage segment, of course, with Booker T and Charmel looking up really weird people in wrestling as she was having her feet licked by Snitsky. I that, forgot what, about that. What, yeah. Um, 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 what? Yes. You, uh, what? Now, this was when the, the, this was the Booker the T. Did Snitsky have a feet um, I can't what remember. Was this? I can't remember, but apparently that was ha ha. Look, Snitsky's got a foot fetish. I mean, I remember him punting a baby, which is a sentence in itself. <laughs> uh, for any listeners that don't know about that storyline, yes, yes, this was of course um, the Booker I T versus. Remember, I don't remember that. This was the Booker T versus Boogeyman. Um, uh, yeah, uh, backstage. I, re- I, remember that, I remember there was that whole thing, and they had like. I still remember Snitsky being yeah. a feet, though. Yes, yes, yes. Because of course they had. Um... I have said that's going to be on record for the rest of history. God, I hate myself. Because mm-hmm. of course, with on top of that promo, they had Ted DiBiase um, <laughs> trying to uh, betting uh, Eugene could do a hundred bounces of a basketball for a thousand dollars, and then. Ted DBRC kicks the basketball out of Eugene's hand. Um, we had Gold Dust dressed as Oprah Winfrey. That is a oh sentence. God. Oh god, no, that that feels bad. That feels that oh big no. warning over it. That no, is a no, big, no, big no, warning. No. Fortunately, I think well, I say fortunately, thank God that um gold uh, that gold dust wasn't in blackface. Thank God. Oh, thank God. Okay, okay, all right, crisis averted. Um, and then we had, of course, we had May and Moolah with Snitsky licking May Young's feet. With actually, which may I say, Snitsky saying, "Ha, wanna join us?" <laughs> what okay, is the I, fucking I, wrestling? I, 
I actually have no recollection of this, and I am thankful for that fact. <laughs> Thank goodness, like I like I had WrestleMania 22 on DVD, so of course I fucking remember this shit. Thank God I got WrestleMania 23 on DVD instead. <laughs> of course, as you know, that May also made an appearance at WrestleMania 23 backstage. Yes. Um, uh, oh, dang it! Do I really have to say this? Um, and oh, gosh. Of course, one of May's last appearances with Moolah uh, was at SummerSlam in 2007. Uh, I think May, uh, before that, she appeared in a D Divas Bikini Contest as well. <laughs> so, this brings us to 2008 and May Young being inducted finally into the WWE Hall of Fame. Being inducted by fellow wrestler and good friend Pat Patterson. Again, long time, and if you go back to watch it, she had probably one of the most entertaining Hall of Fame uh, speeches uh, I've seen in recent in recent. Well, I'm definitely going to Hall of Fame speeches. I'm definitely going to have a ch listen to that. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Such like you can tell that like how a she's incredibly passionate about the business, and b how you would probably wouldn't want to mess with May Young even at that age Ooh. of eighty. <laughs> Again, this woman's introduction to professional wrestling was just shooting on someone. <laughs> now just walks into a room, shoots on champion, says nothing, leaves. <laughs> now on, Nove on, the, on a November two thousand and eight episode of Raw, she competed in a sixteen diva tag match where she was eventually pinned by Beth Phoenix. She was the guest timekeeper in the 25 Diva Battle Royale at WrestleMania 24, of course, which was won by Santina Morella. <laughs> Good lord. And of course, <sighs> at the age of eight, oh, well, over the age of eight, I think she was about 83, she appeared on the old school edition of Raw where she won a false Count Anywhere match against Lay Cool. <laughs> uh, and that would be her final stipulated wrestling match oh boy <laughs> oh god <sighs> now i just i just want to kind of clarify some of the weird the gonzo stuff that's coming up now i mean you think it's good you, I mean, you I'm, think sorry. I'm sorry i'm sorry now we're coming into the gonzo bits yeah oh, you know, like it like it gets more confusing from here, potentially. potentially. I mean, basically, we've hit a certain level of weird, and we've really been staying like a high bar. <laughs> so, during a May, uh, a May episode of Raw in 2011, Vicky Guerrero and Dolph Ziggler mockingly presented May Young as a birthday gift to The Rock. But you know what The Rock did? I see your, I see your card, and I raise you this. And he snogged May Young. Because of course you did, Dwayne. <laughs> Look, the Rock lives for the business, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. And it wouldn't be the last time that Mae Young would snog another, uh, another wrestler because in a, <laughs> in a 2012 episode special of SmackDown <laughs> titled Blast from the Past, she ended up being on Great Carly's Kiss Care. <laughs> Maybe Mae Young? <laughs> And of course, this brings Maybe. me to Raw 1000. In a great bit of wrestling continuity, Mae Young made a special appearance with her son, a giant hand. Unbelievable that they actually just decided to keep this. That is potentially the greatest piece of continuity keeping WWE has ever done. And that's a really depressing statement. <laughs> 
Although it does establish that the hand was in fact her canon child. Yes. 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 Also, <laughs> one of my favourite appearances was during this time, as during one of Kane and Daniel Bryan's anger management skits, Mae Young, in a brilliant piece as well of, of like callbacks and, and, and like references, quoted the when Harry met Sally line of Daniel Bryan and Kane being in a restaurant going, yes, no, yes, and Mae Young going, I'll have what they're having. <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember seeing that. <laughs> oh. And so this is where I say we're getting even more batshit insane. On the December 31st, 2012 episode of Raw, Mae Young was warming up for her match with then Divas Championship Eve uh, champion Eve Torres. And then Which she be- sentence. <laughs> and then began experiencing stomach cramps. As it was later revealed that she was no, once again no, pregnant no, and no, gave birth no, to Baby no, New Year, no. played by Hordswoggle. <laughs> so I'm infuriated at that. <laughs> so she has two canonical children, maybe. Hordswoggle as well, yeah. Or Baby New Year, I should say. I'm thinking. I'm thinking too much of this, and yeah. I should. Mm. I should stop. Mm. <laughs> Can I just say though, right? Because I'm I'm just saying this from like a law perspective, right? Because technically, right, Hornswoggle is Vince McMahon's son. Yes. Oh no. No, 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 no. Technically in canon. Oh god, don't you do it. Does this imply that Hornswoggle is the child of Vince McMahon and May Young simultaneously? I Oh Oh, no. Oh shit! Oh. Baby New Year non-canon. Oh man! Oh no! I shouldn't have thought this. Or alternative universe. I don't want to think about that universe. That why are you bringing this shit? Oh my! What is this episode? <laughs> I am using the information that WWE has provided to me. Okay. Listener, I have to pull back the per- the curtain a little bit here. I have to pull back the curtain. May Young was the episode that I suggested. We all agreed <laughs> that it would be a great one. I thought we'd be finding like a fascinating history, you know, the history of of like of of women of female wrestling in the United States, you know, wrestling in the 40s and 50s and obviously a different time. And instead I have heard this. This is it. This is the episode. What in God's name has just happened here? <laughs> Listen, as I said, information on the, like the early days is very sporadic. You've got to really kind of get into the meat and potatoes. As I said, I haven't had much time, so most of what we know about Mae Young, of course, especially in this country, is her WWE career. Oh my god! This is one for the wrestling historians. <laughs> oh man. Like, we just need someone to, like, start digging through archives in, like, North or South Carolina. I can't remember which one of this book because we've been talking about someone giving birth to a hand. All that being said, as I said, though, she was okay. an incredibly respected wrestler in the 1940s and 50s. Okay. We need someone to just search through records in North Carolina. <laughs> And old NWA like like match cards. <laughs> if anyone can find them. 
Her final appearance would be on the March 4th, 2013 episode of Raw, which was Mae Young's 90th birthday celebration. Funny enough, that was actually gate-crashed by CM Punk, of all people. Of course, this was during, I think, this was, like, heel CM Punk, so it would be obvious that that would be the case. I really, uh, you know, I, I, I would have, I'm not going to lie, I kind of wish that he had, um, that he had GTS'd Mae Young. I kind of wish that <laughs> at, at this point now, yeah. <laughs> I'd like... If we're gonna go this way, and you know what, even at ninety years old, you know she would have taken the bump. Oh, she you absolutely the, know she, she would have. She wouldn't have given the shit. <laughs> so, that is the last appearance of Mae Young, and boy, she had one heck of of a life and a career for her, and a massive career renaissance in the in the mid nineties, which of course would see her become probably one of the most prolific comedic figures in WWE. Yeah. Of course, she was famous during this time for doing the DX crotch chop and the Bronco Buster as a finisher. Yeah. <laughs> but most people know her as as an insane woman who would take the most insane bumps for a woman her age. Again, for the business. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But of course, through this, though, Mae Young would, of course, get, you know, loads of merchandise opportunities. She got, you know, she appeared in No Mercy as an unlockable character. She got her own figure at one point. As a matter of fact, she ended up getting a, like, a, an exclusive collector's uh, figure in 2020. That's awesome. Um, she would end up, funny enough, actually having a cameo appearance in Law and Order Criminal Intent in 2003. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yep, she was in Law and Order at one point. <laughs> she was the subject of a documentary all about uh, uh, the first ladies of wrestling, known as Lipstick and Dynamite, Piss and Vinegar. Brilliant. Yeah, that tracks. And of course, she ended up because of that. Ended up being a being a guest on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, which I not I've not seen, but I would love to see that Conan O'Brien appearance. <laughs> All of that and an amazing career for her, and an amazing life in general. But in December thirty yeah. first, uh, twenty thirteen, it was reported that Mae Young had been hospital hospitalized. She, unfortunately, on the 9th of January, passed away, and it was announced by the WWE on the morning of January 14th after having died at her home in Columbia, South Carolina. Her body was entombed at Greenlawn Memorial Park in South Carolina and the exact same cemetery where her longtime friend, the fabulous Moolah, also rests. Now, her legacy knows no bounds, as Mae Young is considered one of the most important figures in female wrestling. Certainly, as I said, and I made uh, notice that she was actually one of the very few people that kept wrestling afloat during the Second World War. And of course, because of her, we got the incredible Mae Young Classic Tournament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was in uh, God, that's so good. It was on April 1st, 2017, that a women's tournament in the vein of the Cruiserweight Classic would take place in the summer of 2017. And it was named the Mae Young Classic. Um, and of course, you know, I mean, all of that's, you know, been said, has been said about it. We had Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane, Rhea Ripley, Storm, Mako Satomura, uh, 
oh gosh, Mercedes Martinez, all of like the greats in women's wrestling in NXT and the Indies being a part of that tournament. Oh, of course, um, Tegan Knox as well. Um, I and honestly, it was because of that uh, and being all of that. <clears throat> That of course we got. I think in part of that we got WWE Evolution as well. Which I'm gonna say they, <clears throat> I mean they won't, but that we should have gotten another May Young Classic by now. Really, and we, really should have should have. Had, and we should have had Evolution, the second Evolution by now. But as we've already known, Evolution was a PR yeah um, to cover the bad press from the Saudi shows. Yes, yeah, which is really. Yeah really annoying but no i agree with you we should ha- we should have had a new another may young classic by now um but that is where we're going to end our retrospective on may young now i know you've said that you feel dirty now Rina, but do you feel do, do you feel somewhat cleansed now ah <laughs> uh, may young has a legacy, <laughs> a legacy. And, it's, and it is such an absolute wrestling only in wrestling could someone like this be both absolutely a fucking fever dream of a human being (laughs) and yet have all the bona fides of a legitimate competitor and pioneer yeah she is the definition of carny shit (laughs) that's all i can say (laughs) absolute pinnacle yeah Rest in power, Mae Young, you absolute mad woman. <laughs> a force of nature is exactly what Mae Young was. That is one way That's of it. That is it. That's it. <laughs> oh, man. Thoughts, Dan? <laughs> now that we've got this all done? <laughs> I mean, if, if there's one person's career that you will look at to exemplify just what in the world wrestling is as a being. I feel like Mae Young's a pretty good example. Yeah. From Jeez. from the from the realms of being one of the defining figures of women's wrestling period. Being one of the reasons for the popularization of women's wrestling, but also wrestling in general during the post war period. Mm. Uh and then everything that happened post nineteen ninety five, like when it comes when it comes to range, <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> negative a hundred to a hundred. Exactly. She, she, that is something that I I I have considered. Like, she really did keep up with the times. Yeah, isn't she? <laughs> like. Like legitimately, when I when you lay it all out, it's like she 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 actually did it. She actually like kept being relevant for like for you know, she knows what people want. <laughs> yeah, and by God, she gave it to him. By That's, God, and then some. Ah, oh, so what an episode to come back after a couple of weeks off, guys. Yeah, I feel like I just got hit in the head with a cat and prod. <laughs> now I've got the image of Scott Hall coming up behind you and doing the exact same thing he did to Goldberg. <laughs> I mean, it feels, like it, 
see, because now that we've spoke about this whole thing, the only thing I can psychologically think of that would complete this more was if there's some evidence of an interaction between Scott Steiner and Mae Young. <laughs> oh, I'm almost I'm... damn well certain there must have been down the line. There's got to have been something, right? Sure, surely. I, I, I cannot, I cannot I believe... feel like that would be an incredibly blurst interaction. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I legitimately cannot conceive of a time those two did not meet. Like... I can't think of it. It had to have happened. God, it's two hours of unintelligible conversation between the two. (laughs) That happened. I I, I want to believe that happened. Even if it it didn't happen, I need to believe that. Oh, man. That concludes our episode. Chaps, as I said, it's it's, it's a hell of an episode to come back to. I feel, as I said, been hit in the back, been hit with a cattle prod, and I feel like I've been hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat as well. But, <laughs> but that was a heck of an episode to come back on, and uh, I'm going to enjoy coming back and, uh, and editing this one. But that's for damn sure. <laughs> Alrighty, so next episode, there's another very different one that we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking all about referees. It's our favourite zebras (laughs) in the ring. We're going to be talking about their place in the world of professional wrestling. And we're going to be talking about some of the most iconic names in the world of of, of professional wrestling referees. Yes, that does mean we're going to be shitting for about the Hebners for about a couple of hours. You better be listening to this, Oh, This is a submission. We're also going to be talking about the legend that is Mike Kyoda. Yes. And, yes. and of course, does this mean we're going to have to be talking about Tim White and his promos with Josh Matthews over on WWFD.com? Do you remember those? I oh, don't. We get to talk about Oh Hebner's Twitter. <laughs> oh, yes, we do get to talk about Oh Hebner's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. We're going to talk about Teddy Long. Oh, we get to talk about Nick Patrick as well. Oh, no. Charles And of course, the best one. We get to talk about Charles Robinson and his epic runs down the ramp. This man's 60 metre dash has got to be unreal. That is all to come on the next episode. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Reardon and Dan. And you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. We'll see you as always, on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.